The following program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. At Whole Foods Market, we offer premium products without premium prices. Our everyday value items are free of artificial preservatives, colors, flavors, sweeteners, and hydrogenated fats. Priced competitively to average supermarket prices, the 365 Everyday Value brand offers food that meets our strict quality standards. Compare our peanut butter, canned beans, and cereals to the other guys. You'll see what we're talking about. Visit one of our six Manhattan stores in Tribeca, Bowery, Union Square, Chelsea, Columbus Circle, or the Upper West Side. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. For more information, visit www.wholefoodsmarket.com. All right, it's another week of Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. This is Heritage Radio Network. It is a gloomy Monday in March, but brighter days are soon ahead, especially this Saturday. Gosh, at the Bell House, we're going to take over. Um, these two people are very involved with it. It's going to be called, it is called Beer for Beasts. Um, it's a sold-out joint event with Six Point and Beer Advocate. And we also have amazing entertainment from Peter Aguero and company. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. He is actually here. Jersey Fresh. Jersey Fresh Burlesque. Jersey Fresh Burlesque. Did you guys just come up with that name like on the fly? Or uh, well, it- I'm, obs- <clears throat> I'm from New Jersey. I'm obsessed with New Jersey. What exit? Uh, well, <laughs> that's the. I'm, I don't really. I, I live in. Or from from South Jersey. It's not really near uh, an exit. It's more. Listen to you, you South suburbanite. Jersey. What exit? <laughs> As if you identify where you're um, in Jersey I'm, by your proximity a lot to of New people York. Do. No, no, no. It's it's the turnpike. Because there's the turnpike. <laughs> I guess I'm closest to exit five near Burlington. It's because be the there's too many one. towns in New Jersey, you can't even keep track of the names of things. So. There's a lot. The town yeah. I grew up in is called Delanco, and oh. it's very small. About 1,500 people, it's all farms. Oh, nice. wow. Yeah. That's um, quite far from where I grew up. Yeah. I'm country mouse. Gotcha. Jersey fresh. I love it. <laughs> it's like Jersey cows. Uh, fresh, fresh milk. <laughs> with, with no pasties on the udders. That's a double so entendre. That, <laughs> that little interlude was from Shane Welsh, uh, Six Point founder, president, and veteran guest on Let's Eat In. This is like your fifth time. Uh, fourth. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> so, Peter, you've put together so many different burlesque shows, but your specialty is more about storytelling, correct? Yeah, I, uh, I guess that's what I do the most. I have uh, a lot of experience working with the moth. Um, about three years ago, I started going to their shows and, and telling stories, and now I uh, I teach for their outreach program and um, and I host uh, shows for them in at New the York moth? at the moth, okay. yeah, and on the road. Cool. And uh, through that, through friends of mine that are storytellers that also do burlesque, I guess about two years ago, I started uh, doing burlesque shows, hosting burlesque shows, and uh, like telling stories at burlesque shows. Do people get the wrong idea when they say, I do burlesque shows? <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's all like a band of gypsies. I, I mean, I've done, uh, I've done a burlesque act before. Nice. Uh, I had somebody make me uh, big giant pasties. Uh, well, with nice. Tassels. And um, I did it as I did a fan dance uh, with pizza boxes. 
See, it's all, the humor, I think, is the key of burlesque. Absolutely. It asks me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, like, there's, like, the classic burlesque stuff, like, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, from way back in the day, and it was all about titillation and, 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 and whatnot. And now, like, there's, like, a new movement in burlesque that, I guess, started, you know, maybe five or six years ago that it's really all about telling a story in four minutes, you know, some kind of, there's, the humor's really right. key. It, so it's like know. I spilled this on my dress and now I have to take it off. It's like, yeah, stuff like that. There's more complex, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, you know, a lot of the girls will do stuff with, you know, a lot of like pop culture stuff. And, and uh, there's a group called Epic Wind Burlesque that they do. It's like they call it like burlesque for nerds. And <laughs> they do uh, theme shows. They've done a bat, uh, like a Batman show. Oh, my gosh. They do Muppet Burlesque. They've done... Uh, what else? Muppet Burlesque? Yeah, Muppet Burlesque is awesome. Okay. Where do I get to see that? <laughs> uh, you, got, Piggy? Uh, you look all around. Like, <clears throat> there's, well, yeah, there was a, at the Muppet Burlesque show, there was, a, there was a Miss Piggy act, a Big Bird act. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my friend Mary, who's going to be in the show at the Bell House, she did a Cookie Monster act that was awesome. Nice. It's it's fun. These These girls come up with just amazing stuff. You know, they'll do... Like video game stuff, like a Lara Croft actor, or, or uh, you know, all kinds of different and, stuff. And they come up with it themselves. So they're the yeah. choreographer, the artist, the performer, everything. That's, Costume maker, yeah, too. That's the beauty of it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what, what draws a lot of people to it, is that with burlesque, you can pretty much just come up with an idea. Maybe you come up with an idea for a theme, or you listen to a song, or whatever, and there's no barrier between you and the stage you just you come up with the act you choreograph it, <laughs> no you clothing it barrier too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what the cool thing is, is like you know everyone ends up for the most part in like paces in a g-string right so right. so like that's the great you know equalizer yeah. so like you know i i think what's really interesting is since since that happens it it makes like the sexuality of it a moot point because since everyone's doing it so then they can be freed up to do you know people just all kinds of social commentary or like i said you know pop culture stuff or you know inside jokes or, okay. or whatever it's really i've seen some acts that will just blow you away there's one girl who's in the show on <clears throat> saturday we're not gonna she's not gonna do one of these acts, but she's a, a trained opera singer, uh BB Hart, and she'll do an act where she has this one that is a heartbreaker where she's dressed up as a uh like a soldier in World War Two. What? And she gets a, a letter and she reads the letter and it's, you know, ostensibly a, a letter from home, like a dear John letter. And as the act goes on, she sings an aria in Italian, it's heartbreaking. Wow. And she just you know, starts to take her clothes off, and at the end, she's at the you know the crescendo of this of this aria. She's you know pretty much naked, emotionally and physically, right there. Oh my gosh. It, it is just it's jaw dropping. That's quite far from like the typical kind of rowdy bar crowd yeah. <laughs> expectations. Yeah. So I would think it is. <laughs> okay, so are we going to be sobbing into our beers on no, Saturday? No, no, we, I, we have. Uh, uh, great performances uh lined up for saturday the the three performers we have are uh, mary sin who is a producer at a show called uh original sin burlesque that happens at uh lucky 13 and park slope twice a month <laughs> and she has uh two acts that are just the, the the ones we picked are just you know really high energy mm-hmm. fun acts like she has one that's uh like a irish dancing girl act there's a whole lot of spinning 
to it. <laughs> she's like a green dress and she spins around a lot. And um, there's a potato involved. You like that, Shane? <laughs> hey, if there's a potato involved, what's not like that? <laughs> she also has another act that we'll keep secret uh, that she's going to do. Then we also have um, Cherry Pitts, who uh, she's a producer of Hotsy Totsy Burlesque, which is a great show that's been running for a while. She has two acts she's doing. Uh, one is kind of like a like a sexy '50s secretary nice. kind of act, and the other one uh, is she's took an act that she had uh, that was all about Wonder Woman, and uh, she's she's fix- turning the end around uh, and tailoring it specifically for you guys. Uh, she's showed me nice. some of the costume pieces she made specifically with the six point logo on it, and it winning. Will be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one word. I, I hear it there used will to be, it used to be for the win. Now it's just winning. just winning. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I hear there will be uh, six point star shaped pasties. Yes, uh, the girls this week actually we're going to get together and have a, a pasty bee. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> so you guys make them from well, yeah, make, uh, they're handmade. Sticker, yeah, fabric. I don't know. They yeah. Well, there's a whole process to it. They're, they take about what? a half hour each pair to make. What? Yeah. Well, so they're not just like a cut and paper no, this, this glue. Is, this is arts and crafts. Okay, <laughs> embroidered. They, they bedazzle everything. Bedazzle. These girls are Tassel. addicted to rhinestones and glitter. Rhinestones. If it's it's ridiculous, it's kind of like uh, you know, kind of like urban sequin. Cowboy. Sequins everywhere. Hand stitched panels. Everything. Okay. They make their own stuff too. It's it's unbelievable. Gosh. Yeah. I'll have to look forward to this. Oh, and then the third performer um, is, again, B.B. Uh, Hart, who's mm-hmm. also a uh, producer at a show called Storybook Burlesque. And she has, uh, again, two. they're each doing two actions. One that's like a really high energy, like kind of take on a fan dance, like a Latin fan dance. And then the other one is... Sort of like your fan dance. <laughs> a little, but with a little more, <laughs> a little more things that people want to see. Rather than <laughs> the Latin fan dance will be paired with the Calexico tacos. <laughs> yeah, there's a, that's the truck, right? Those, yeah. those guys, they make oh. amazing tacos. Yeah, they're going to we'll be, be at Beer for Beasts. Then you can, you can eat your taco while watching the, the Latin fan dance and washing it down with El Gordo, El Gordo Baracho which is the beer that we made uh, just for this event. Yeah, I was looking at... It's a Mexican spiced lager. It's pretty awesome. I was looking at the list of beers you guys... It's not as good as Macho Grande, though. You guys made, like, how many new beers for this event? Like, a bunch of, like, small batch beers for this, right? Like 20-some. There's over over 20 new, never-released beers. And And uh, they're never going to (laughs) be elsewhere because we're going to drink them up. At the yeah, end. like all the entire because we made like a micro batch, yeah, a, mi- a nano batch for this event, like so, like so one keg of each yeah, one, yeah, yeah, like it'll yield uh, roughly one full size keg. So for the people listening out there, a keg is fifteen and a half gallons, and the batch, the batch that we were using, uh, is roughly about twenty gallons. So you get one and one third. The size of a regular keg yield, and that's it. It's not quite a homebrew size, though. It's larger than most people can manage in the, at home, like 20 gallons, right? Yeah, a typical yeah. homebrew okay. size is around 5, five to 10 yeah. gallons. And that yields about a 5-gallon batch, just so you can figure out what that means in your head. It's like two cases of beer. Yeah. So two 24-packs of 12-ounce bottles. That, that's what a 5-gallon. 
Yeah, not a whole lot at all. I mean, uh, an event with 1,200 people, they'll plow through that. You know what we should do is minutes. take a poll to see what people, what flavors people like the best. If Should they be able to try them all or just get some feedback? And maybe we can recreate some that were really good. We thought about that, but then, you know, everyone's going to be distracted by the, by the burlesque. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs will do that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, no, there's so many different things going on in there already that... Um, the intent was to just be like a, a fountainhead of creativity and let people soak it up and kind of stay away from quantifying everything and just let people that we should meander have and have a good time. Cool. Fountain of beer in the center, too. What about that? Instead of, you know, like the chocolate fountains I'm down with do. it. I don't know how sanitary it would be. I, would, I always <laughs> thought about having a fountain of beer that... Um, like it, it'd have to be set up in a way where you know you couldn't have anyone immerse their uh, hand or any part of their body into it, but you or could, tits, or tits. Right? <laughs> but if you could, if you could hold a gl- like, imagine this, um, like a you know one of the things about a fountain too is that as the water drains down, it gets pushed back up. Mm. The problem with if you do that with beer, it's gonna bubble too much. Yeah, you have foaming issues because mm. it's carbonated, and then also as you pump it back through it loses its carbonation so you'd have flat beer and it wouldn't be cold either but there's a there's a way around it you're like Willy Wonka with that <laughs> chocolate waterfall <laughs> right yeah <laughs> what you have to do is when it gets pumped back in it's and it goes through um, the recirculate recirculation you have to run it through like a heat exchanger so you get it down at just above freezing mm. and then re- like Recarbonate it and get it back up to the perfect carbonation level. So then, when it comes back out, it's perfect temperature and perfect carbonation. So clearly, this wouldn't be a connoisseur's type of uh, serving. No, but think of how effective it would be. Because in a typical party or even at a venue, you have to wait in line to get a beer behind a bar. But if if you could just hold your cup up to a fountain that was just spewing beer and you fill it up that way, it would be much more efficient. Within forty five minutes, some drunk guy would. Just go to swimming. <laughs> right. Right. See, that's the issue too. It's a good thought. Uh, well, let's take, let's take a quick break. Um, you chose a song. Which one is it, Peter? Oh, it's uh, my, one of my favorite. Uh, my favorite uh, musical artist is Tom Waits, and uh, he just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, but you sound kind of like him. That's a whiskey and cigarettes. Nice. <laughs> let's put that on. We'll be right back. Like a train, ain't got a quarter, got a point this Five o'clock, shallow buzzing all around the town. Talking when you men sleeping on the ground. Bizarre, sooting now, hooting now, call. Tell me if Papa is a telephone. Fishing at the night, got the spike in your shoe. Trip tease, trip tease, car keys, blue. You got your porno, you got your poison, you got your loud nudie girl. Dreary out of grim, just the brunette guy. Chest in Morgan, watermelon roll. Rest in my rent, dang out of all your clothes. You got your trench coat, you got your magazine. 
back a dead man come you got Shot glass for the buffalo squeeze. Rim shots front row, backstage who cares? All of the time the police me. The following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune into the food scene Tuesdays at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. Hosted by Michael Harlan Turkel, photo editor of Edible Brooklyn and Edible Manhattan magazines, he'll further explore the amalgamation of food and art by talking to artists from a multitude of media. Guests will range from photographers, food stylists, interior architects for restaurants, industrial designers, all the players that make you want to eat with your eyes. Get ready to feast your ears every Tuesday at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. All right. Thank you, Tom Waits, newly Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Well-deserved. Um, so we're here on Let's Eat In with Peter Aguero, who's going to be emceeing at Beer for Beasts this Saturday, and Shane Welsh from Six Point, uh, who's going to be, I don't know, are you going to emcee at all, Shane? Or just eat some pizza? <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm not going to emcee, but I'm going to, Drink a lot of beer okay. <laughs> and uh, enjoy everything. Also, there's a couple other things that are happening at this event that haven't been mentioned. And they were just sort of surprises we were going to unload, but I might as well do it now. Ooh, nice. Secret. It's a scoop. Um, Listen up. Uh, we're having a, a friend, a very talented poet friend come in and he's going to uh, basically give a toast for the entire event and also may sprinkle the rest of the event with some by just dropping some knowledge like more of like a acapella style thing okay um but it was inspired by if you get like some old albums from like the mid to late 70s a lot of the like the earlier uh, new age and punk music that was coming out of England, especially around Manchester, they had poets who, between acts, they would get up on stage and they would just go off. And a lot of it was like very um, <laughs> disgusting poetry. <laughs> but it was perfectly suited to punctuate the different events and different things that was going on at the time. How, how so disgusting? Like, uh, kind of like raunchy or? Mm. Yeah, just in, it, you know, in, in its diction and it, it's not pleasant. It wasn't soft on the ears, so to okay. speak, you know, but it, it got the, what it did is it got the folks riled up. It got them, it was like preparatory for the, for the rest of the event. Hmm. So, as you know, um, a lot of good musicians in Brooklyn and New York, but um, a lot of good hip-hop, especially in Brooklyn, too. And the funny thing is, is if you look at the way hip-hop's been commercialized, or most people's perception of it is, they package these artists as these gang-banging hard dudes that kill people and everything. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, they're selling an image, but if you think about what um, 
what, what they are. They're poets. Mm-hmm. People who create rhymes. They're people who create their wordsmiths. And anyone who participates in that realm has to have like a sensitive side to them or at least an artistically inclined side because you can't create stuff like that without having an appreciation for language. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to... I, we have some friends who are who are MCs, so to speak, in that sense, and they're just going to come in and drop a toast and get the get the whole get the whole thing rolling. Started, yeah, cool. It's, it's going to be at awesome. both of the day and night. Yep, that's cool. Right. All right, so tons of entertainment. Um, I'm just going to switch gears for a couple seconds here and talk about food because uh, that's what I like to do on this show. It's called <laughs> Let's Eat In. Um, and so I think I know enough about Shane's food perspective for now. Uh, <laughs> but Peter, do you ever... Okay, I'll just drop the question. I like to ask everyone sure. on the show this. What do you consider or what do you think would be like the perfect date meal, the most sexiest date dish? What, what is it? Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, one of my favorite stuff. To, I mean, you're talking about eating in. I guess mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about... Um, cooking and i love to cook you do cool yeah yeah but i think uh the sexiest food to me is uh mexican food (laughs) it's all really simple ingredients and it's all right there in front of you it's like fresh but it's also so many flavors you know Mm -hmm. really spicy and And we're talking uh, about real mexican not tex-mex not no no like i like the stuff you know no No. (laughs) just everything with you know just just you know, a lot of lime juice and, you know, big chopped onions and cilantro and things kind of just mixed in there together. Like, my favorite thing to make is, is um, like, kind of like my own tortilla soup, kind of. It's like like a thick red broth with, uh, also with, uh, like, roasted tomatillos in it. So it has, like, that citric note to it hmm. uh, with, like, like, corn and chicken thighs mm. you know chicken thighs are good that's very sensual mm-hmm. <laughs> not just that they're thighs and then when like you boil meat. it too you have to pe- pick it apart peel it off the bones and yeah. stuff like that yeah. well, I, like pretty... to, I like to grill them first and then oh. take them off the bone and shred it and like put it in the soup and then Yum. you pour the whole thing over you know some like tortillas. tortilla strips or tortillas and it's just like nice. there's just so much going on there and I don't know that spice or something about that spice. It just gets you going. I think that would be what, the tomatillos. Um, well, like I like, like, I like when, I, when I make that. I do, um, you know, like chipotle peppers. Oh, you just like smoked jalapenos and then fresh jalapenos too, because I like to to have that like kind of like fresh bite with mm-hmm. that with also like, like that smoky, slow burn. Dark, yeah. yeah, the two together really makes Heavy. a big difference. And oh, that uh, sounds awesome. Lime juice on top and everything. It's just like I like that kind of like slow smoky stuff with like fresh bright notes on top of it cilantro maybe on the top sure, yeah, yeah some red onion i'm addicted in. to cilantro nice well that's, that's definitely good. a new one yeah. is there something about spice too that really kind of gets people horny or not yeah. yeah it's just you know like there's spice gets your you know like here comes Shane. <laughs> the doctor's in. <laughs> no, I gotta drop. Some, I gotta drop some nut science. Do it. The reason why spice, it typically associated with being, like in food-wise, as an aphrodisiac, is so much of sexual performance is based upon good circulation, and basically, when you eat a lot of spice, 
dilates blood vessels and um endorphins sends, too yeah it sends endorphins uh-huh. and, and then it also when you send the blood up to your head too increases circulation in your erogenous zones on the side of your neck your forehead your lips what about all those things mm-hmm. you start yeah. like sweating all your fluids are getting all loose and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're getting lubed up <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's pretty it's pretty cool like that also spark- cinnamon cinnamon i was what? reading about no 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 cinnamon's really interesting because it's typically um known for that like it's, it's like a aphrodisiac herb spice but what it does is it's really good for your mouth apparently to chew like on a cinnamon stick or bark like it's good for your gums it's good for your just your, your whole mouth if you have a cut, like cinnamon gum is actually a good gum to to chew. Like the original chewing gums had a purpose, so mint uh, helps digestion. Cinnamon is just good for your mouth. So if you have like gum problems, or if you have a cut or something in your mouth, it'll it'll help heal. Um, but it's really good for. Uh, I can't say it on the air. But, uh, it freshens your breath. But, That's what but, you're going to say. Yeah, now. it's really good. It makes you smell like... <laughs> now, what are you going to say? Tactile stimulation. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, Another secret spilled. It's cinnamon. It's just it's the, it's the new It's the new it's thing. It's the new love potion. It's <laughs> <laughs> the new thing. Great. <laughs> you see people like big giant people in the Midwest having sex outside of Cinnabon <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> big piles of lacing. Right. It's the new thing. All right. Cinnamon ice cream coming up. Uh, no. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to eat a lot of cinnamon because it's like this stick or powder. Or, you know, how do you, how do you get a lot? Well, most of the cinnamon that we get here isn't really powder. cinnamon. It's like we don't because cinnamon is very expensive. We get that other stuff that's uh, it's a relative to it. Cassia. A cassia? Yeah. If we get cassia. We don't get cinnamon. Like when you really do get cinnamon, like you, you sparingly, because that's a strong. Man. Gosh, I should have got some cinnamon from my friend who was just in India. Oh well. Um, well, thanks for that tortilla soup. Tortilla note. soup. No, that was very enlightening. And lots you, of garlic too. Are you part Mexican? I well, my name Aguero is uh, from. I'm mostly Polish, but uh, my father is a mutt, and Aguero comes. Uh, from Spain through Cuba, mm. it's a whole big story. Apparently, there was a there was a, well, there's a there's a village in Spain called Aguero with an umlaut, and I kind of wanted to bring the umlaut back over oh, the year, nice. just just cause because who doesn't want an umlaut? A Germanic umlaut. I don't know if it's Germanic or not. At this point, it's superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, call it, I'll call it that. I'll no, call it cool. superfluous. <laughs> it's decorative. It's, I don't know. At it's some point, some guy from that village moved to Cuba and I guess just started having sex with everybody. And uh, that's what he... That's the European Maybe way. Maybe he was eating a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> he brought a... Yeah. He brought cinnamon he to tanker, the new world. He of beer with some cinnamon. <laughs> oh, you should make a beer with cinnamon. Have you ever done that? It's awful. Why? It's the same. It's just like the you know. That's what. Like a lot of people, uh, amateur chefs sort of, they're like they ruin a soup and they're like, oh, just put some cinnamon in it. What? It's like this old thing that it can fix any problem, but it it makes it. It does. It doesn't work well with beer. Well, I wasn't trying to fix this. 
No, no. Even when you try to intentionally uh, meld flavors together with cinnamon and beer, it doesn't work that well. Okay. Well, I imagine you probably tried almost everything. Like whenever spiced I think winter ales, yeah, that's where we try. Yeah, like it's a pumpkin. A, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work well. Hmm. And the other thing is, there's certain spices that don't work well in beer. Yeah. All. Some work very, very, very well. Like ginger. Uh, vanilla. Vanilla. V- vanilla works really well for some reason. I ginger. Had ginger is amazing one. because what happens is. Uh, the carbonation of the beer combined with the hops uh, is the perfect lift for like the ginger spice because gin- ginger also serves as a surrogate to hops. I think ginger is also a really good circulation helper too. It is, yeah. but it's for your yeah. stomach. Yeah, like so. Diff- it's it's funny like that. Like that's why I was saying with uh, with cinnamon, it concentrates in the mouth. So like certain herbs are are warming, and but the where they send the energy or where they send the the circulation too is different, like different regions. Mm. That's interesting. All right. So I say like garlic too. Garlic, garlic? is a stimulant. Oh, that right? would but that it doesn't go well in beer. No. I'm sure somebody makes garlic beer somewhere. <laughs> All right. So Shane, one last question. What do, What is your sexiest romantic date meal these days? <clears throat> um, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Homebrew. 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 That's it. Homebrew beer. Feed you all four fruit groups. Yeah. Yeah. You got protein, right? That's kind of cheating, That's, though, man. Mm-hmm. Just like <laughs> giving just just some beer. Whatever. Yeah. All right. I guess that all works. Right. That's tried and true. Yeah. Next time. That'll. Next time, hopefully, you'll have a another answer. He he's answered this too many times, so <laughs> <laughs> he's bored of this game. All no, right. No, right now, there's no there's no sexy food in, uh, in my life because I'm 100 percent devoted to beer for bees. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully, some of you guys will be coming out there and seeing this labor of love take place all over the stage and all over the bell house floors, ceiling, balcony, everything. So <laughs> it'll be a good time. Yeah. All right. So thanks so much for coming here, Peter, yeah, and no thanks, problem. Shane. We'll see you next week, and let's eat in. Thanks for thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. The following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. The Snacky Tunes compilation has arrived and is available for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com. This compilation features live performances from some of the hottest acts around today, including Midnight Magic, Surfer Blood, Overhoffer, and more. Again, you can download this compilation for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com, and make sure to listen to Snacky Tunes every Monday at 2 p.m. on Heritage Radio Network. The following is a public service announcement from the Museum of Food and Drink. Dave Arnold and Patrick Martins have gathered a team of New York's most innovative chefs and bartenders to create a nine-course fundraiser lunch at Del Posto, Sunday, March 27th. Their intent? 
to kickstart the greatest food museum in the world. The menu for this unprecedented event is derived from educational themes of the museum. Chefs will draw inspiration from sources outside their normal sphere. How will a cutting-edge chef handle the Paleolithic, or a dish only using pre-Columbian ingredients? What will a modern Italian chef do with ancient Rome? The chefs include David Chang of Momofuku, Wiley Dufresne of WD50, Mark Ladner of Del Posto, Nils Noren of the French Culinary Institute, Cesare Casella of Salumeria Rossi, Carlo Maracci of Roberta's, Brooks Headley of Del Posto, and Christina Tozzi of Momofuku Milk Bar. Bartenders include Audrey Sanders of Pegu Club, Thomas Waugh of Death & Company, Simon Ford of Pernod Ricard, Damon Bolte of Prime Meats, and Eben Clem of BR Guest Restaurants. Proceeds from the event will directly support the Museum of Food and Drink. Tickets are very limited and $250 per person. To purchase tickets, please visit mofad.eventbrite.com. That's M-O-F-A-D dot eventbrite.com. Once again, M-O-F-A-D dot E-V-E-N-T B-R-I-T-E dot com. Sponsored by Pernod Ricard, Heritage Foods USA, Pat Lafrida Meats, Barterhouse Wines, Del Posto Restaurant.